so what's crazy is every time I go to like an international competition, whether it's po- like podium day, I think I always fall on routine. And then there's this big like stress around the coaches because they're like, oh man, he's going to hit. But it's like, no, it's podium day. Let us, let us get the kinks out. But like, I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember what I was even thinking. Hi, and welcome to a full episode of What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you different, unique, interesting, funny, all different sides of your favorite figures in gymnastics. I'm your host, Nicole Langevin, and last week was part one of What Makes You a Moldauer Think, and we left off with the 2018 American Cup that he won yet again, and we're also going to jump into his Olympic experience and a very popular, we'll just call it dance number. You guys that know, you know. Here we go with part two of What Makes Yule Moldauer Think. All right, here we go. I'm moving forward in time to yet another American Cup that went really well for you. Uh, this is the next year. Yep. And this time you also beat out someone who was way up there probably in your mind and uh, everyone else's but again not a surprise that you could do it how did that feel it was it was really i mean not beating kenzo personally but just right it was just it was really fun because i think you know have that mindset of when you come on to the home turf of the united states you know we're gonna put someone out there that will battle with you but I will say Kenzo got hurt on floor, so it kind of gave me an edge. So for me, after I think Palm Horse, because we knew, you know, Mark knew that Kenzo was going to be my biggest competitor. He just won third in the all-around net worlds. And so for me, you know, I kind of had that same mindset again from the first year. I was like, all right, look, like, don't think about who's here. Just go out and do your gymnastics. But I think by the fifth and fourth event, I had a pretty good lead because I got lucky that Kenzo kind of fell like three times on horse. So from there on, I just knew to just do my job and don't, don't watch around myself. So for me, this hybrid team was actually the least stressful I felt out of the three American cups. You know, my first one, I was, I was like getting numb and I was like, Oh gosh, here we go. The third one, when I was with Sam, I remember I was like army crawling with him. I was like, oh, I got to catch up to him somehow. And he just hit his set, but he came over on the top, but he still scored really well. And then I was like, oh gosh, like, I just, I just got to do it. I don't care if I'm first or second. I just, I really want to, you know, catch my releases and land my triple double. So, but this one, this one was the get through it routine. Still a fun one though. And I, I like that I end on high work because it's the easiest to prepare for a stick and it's the easiest to you know, get the crowd hyped, I think. Yeah, you're you're real good at that at the end. I mean, that's that's another consistent thing I noticed in every routine I watch is like stick, crowd. Yeah, I mean, I learned that in college and I just, I started to realize that I feed off that and I really do enjoy it. And it also, I, I just love hearing the crowd, you know, roar, you know, no matter if it's for me or anyone else, but just to hear them be involved and interact with the sport that's what I enjoy the most. And that's why I do it because then hopefully other people will start doing it. And then we can have like an NFL crowd craziness of fans crazy, having fun. So that's what I try and bring to the competition. 
And you guys, you know, on the men's side, I've definitely seen that more. It just, it's kind of always been, you see that more over there. Not every guy, but like at least you would see it. Whereas on the women's side, it was like, there was not anything relatively close to that. And now look where we are. I mean, have you seen the ladies recently? Did you see how Jordan Childs just turned that into a NCAA championship feel? That's good. I mean, I, I mean, that's honestly awesome for me to see because I think it's just, I don't know. I think it, gymnasts are starting to realize that, you know, I want to be me after the routine. And I think more you see gymnasts start to do it, other gymnasts are starting to be like, man, I want to do that too. It seems fun. And then once they do it, they're like, I'm not going to stop doing this. Like, why not have fun with it after routine? You've been working so hard in the gym to like go out there and show your emotions and show how happy you are and get involved. So for me, I think it's, it's good for a sport. I, for me, my rule is like, make sure you look at judges, know that you're done and then celebrate. Cause I know some people get upset. They're like, they didn't even look at the judge. And it's like, yeah, well, they were just so happy. Give them a break, you know, but I, I, I do enjoy it because it, it's something that you don't just like clap for. Once you see them get into it, you kind of get into it and you start to uh, rally up. So I think, I think it's, uh, it brings the cherry on top. Yep. All right. Where are we now, Yule? We're at the Olympics. Team finals right here. You got the ultimate fire starter right here. Yeah. No. So what's crazy is every time I go to like an international competition whether it's po like podium day i think i always fall on routine and then there's this big like stress around the coaches because they're like oh man he's gonna hit but it's like no it's podium day let us let us get the kings out but like i'm not gonna lie i don't even remember what i was even thinking because i remember seeing the olympic symbols also thinking about my team hearing them because they're the only guys i could hear and i was like i just need to hit just hit feel every hand placement and actually, right here when I was up in the handstand, that's when I was like, oh, thank gosh. And then I remember looking at them and pointing at them and saying, let's go. Let's get this started. You can clearly see the transition of, you have this look on your face as soon as your feet land of like, oh, sweet relief. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like, you can see that transition happen. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Right here. Woo! Yeah. I'll remember that feeling always. I was like, oh. I did my job, started the team. That's all I wanted to do. That's all, I, that was my main goal was to just get the team going on horse. And we hit three three after that, which was good. And that, that start off has got to just make such a huge difference to everything else. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, I'll always remember the words Mark said, you know, get the team started. So that's kind of what I say. And, you know, anyone that starts horse, that's what I'll tell them. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to make you more nervous but take this opportunity as like a blessing because you're in this situation and I'm sure other gymnasts want to be in the situation that you're in, that you have a chance to help our team tremendously right now. Spoken like a NCAA athlete. <laughs> All right. We're sticking to 2020 and we have to remember, now this is your first, first oh, Olympics yeah. and you get yourself to finals. Congratulations for that. And Thank you. You can see right here why, because you're 900 feet in the air with perfect <laughs> form and sticking. That's not me. That's the floor. That floor will be the best floor you'll ever tumble on. Yule, you just scared the shit out of me because I thought you were like, that's not me. I was like, wait. wait. Oh, <laughs> no, that, that is me. But the floor, <laughs> is, 
making me. Shoe imagine. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we got my whole my stomach just like went. Oh god. Okay, so it's a great floor, but you're amazing. No, proceed. It's it's the floor that does the working. I mean, the Seno floors, they're actually so bouncy that you don't even need to run hard. You can kind of just like trot. And if you're just tight within, you know, your whole body, it'll just spring you up like a rod floor. And it's actually a really good floor to train on because it's less hard on your body. So mm. I think everyone just loves the Seno floor. It just, it doesn't hurt like a normal floor. It's just like the landings are soft. It's almost like if you took a really bouncy floor and put a Tempur-Pedic mattress on top of it and oh, then just okay. put our panel mat on it. So you like, when you land, you know, it's like a little stiff. Right. No sting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that floor does not explain the body positions, execution and body posture on the landings. So, you know, 2023 is an exciting year for tumble track as they celebrate their 35th anniversary. Maybe you remember your first time jumping or tumbling down a tumble track and that thrilling feeling of bouncing flighty fun. Anniversaries take us on a trip down memory lane and we remember our history and how far we've come. From tumble tracks and tea trainers to sliders and sticky toes, tumble track has been there, helping coaches and athletes achieve their goals in a safe way. You might have seen recently that TumbleTrack launched a new feature called the Innovator Spotlight. Go to their website where they highlight the creative coaches they've collaborated with over the years. Doug Davis is both the OG innovator and founder of the company. And in case you didn't know, he innovated the TumbleTrack. Doug paved the way for others including Leonard Isaacs, Al Fong, Tom Forrester, and many, many others who had an idea and trusted TumbleTrack with it. Check out the Innovator Spotlight page on their website tumbletrack.com slash innovator dash spotlight. Again, that's tumbletrack, T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K.com slash innovator dash spotlight. So tell me about that though. I mean, yeah, you've got international experience, but like you said, Olympics, big deal. Had you set any goals like that? Any outcome goals? Or was it just put on the show and see what happens? Because making it to finals, like that's huge. Yeah. I mean, of course I have on the top of my list is a team Olympic medal. And then going into finals for myself, you know, there were a lot of good guys on floor. So I kind of had the same mindset as what I had in 2017 American cup is, you know, these guys have really big starts. You have the lowest start. You just need to go out there and do your routine and maybe something will come up and I messed up on my flares actually that kind of took me out of the metal. So yeah. for me, I was just like, dang it. But now I know like what my goals are and, and how to approach them better than just going out there. For me, I think after the first three passes, I stuck. I remember I wasn't as focused as I was on my flares because the flares are easy for me and I messed up on like, dang. So it was kind of like a learning lesson for me, but now, you know, I have, of course, still on my list, the team team medal, but I really do want to make a running in the all around the floor, the Palmores and P-Bars. Mm -hmm. So kind of like my big goals right now. And you did mention that earlier in the interview about, you know, on Pommel Horse, like, wait, I want to sound like I'm in horse, right? I'm just supposed to say horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So, but you're talking about on horse, like how easy it is to make those mistakes on the simpler things. And so yeah. clearly that, that has made an impact. All right. We are moving on. Sounds good. All right. Where are we in your life here? Oh man, we are way back in that's, that's nationals. That's, it was the year before I was graduating and man, I look at my gymnastics back then and I'm like, what the heck was I doing? <laughs> oh, this is the tech sequences. Yep. Yep. I will say this right now. It was so boring, but it was also really good for you because you knew the routines were so easy and you knew everyone else was doing the routines exactly the same way you were. So it really was coming down to execution. So it was kind of like a different style of competing. It was like, who can do it the best? I don't know if I fall on this one though. On those flares, I got deducted. For what? I mean, flares with straight legs and pointed toes look the same to me. So tell me what you did. So they say when I come around in the back that I was piking and that they would take, you know, tents off. You have to do every skill, how it explains and the code of points. And my flares are always, you know, I go up in the back. I don't stay level. So it's actually, I had to like relearn flares to make them not go up as much. So your hips can bend in the front though, right? They have to, yeah. and then they front. have to be flat in the back. Yeah. It's almost like you have to be in a plunge in the back. You can't be piped. Uh, in the yeah. I actually did not like doing rings tech sequences because it was a lot of giants and I'm not that good at giants on rings, but I did like doing the dismount because it was fun. Yeah. And you're like the stick champion. Not there. Not that totally. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but what's crazy is on floor alt, they take no landing deductions. They just, they want you to see why and yeah. they want you your your uh, block is. P-bars was actually my favorite to compete because I really enjoy doing P-bars. So for me, I, I wanted to try and do this routine and get a 10 every time. Like that was my goal. I never got a 10, but I did get like a 9-8 or a 9-9 nine, nine one time. That was cool. Should have hit up Maggie Nichols and been like, hey, I'm coming for your 10 record. <laughs> so speaking of 10s, you know, you're, oh, that was so cool. I know that was easy and you could probably do it in your sleep, but that was so cool. Nice. Um, guys, I'll link, I'll link the YouTube playlist is in the show notes and there's a Yule Moldauer playlist. And this is his 2014 J.O. National Tech Sequences. And I picked this because, as we, we've mentioned already, your, your body positions and your form are just so wonderful. So I was really curious to see where that foundation was and to see the connection. And clearly you can. So speaking of this whole 10 thing, I'm curious, you know, you guys are essentially using college as an elite training ground. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I think even though tech sequences are kind of pain in the butt for gymnasts, I think it's really good because it brings a different level to gymnastics where it's not all about chucking hard skills, but it's also about executing. And gymnastics is an artistic sport. So you want to look good while doing it. And I think the tech sequences are starting to make people understand, you know, we need to work on our execution. We need to work on our landings. How can we mm -hmm. take kind of building step of these tech sequences and bring it into our harder gymnastics? It is really good for this sport. And I think it does it does show who can separate themselves when all routines are the same. Yeah. Do you think that argument of the 10 in college helping attendance grow because audiences understand the 10, do you think that would affect the way that you guys are prepared 
like you wouldn't know how to then get a 14 if you were being judged on a 10 scale. Like, Because I've heard that argument, like bring the 10 back, get men's as popular as women's as if that's the, you know, that's going to be the big thing that fixes it. And then the other thing is, yeah, but they're, they're competing fig at the same time. But I just feel like you guys are beyond smart enough to understand the difference. What I mean, on that? Uh, I, it's hard to say because like you don't know if a 10 will actually bring the crowd back. What you need to do is build a format that the crowd understands. And this is why I always tell anyone to look at the Bundesliga in Germany and France. And like the way it works in the Bundesliga is you have four up, four count on each event. And you don't need to have the hardest routines, but you need to have a hard routine to beat the guy that you're going head to head with. So let's say there's red team and blue team starting on floor. Red team starts, he does his 10 skill routine it doesn't matter the start let's just say he gets a 13-6 then blue team goes up has a guy that can score or 13-6 or higher goes and they show it on like this big projector so everyone understands that's kind of like worlds you know like the graph up and then up and it shows how much they beat him by they literally do that take how much they beat him by and then they have a, a points to the side so it's like if you're in one tenth you get zero points for your team if you beat them by two or three tenths, you get a point and so on. And the max you can get is five points. And that's how you get your team score without having to understand your actual individual gymnast scores. All you have to know is, oh, the blue gymnast beat the red gymnast. And that's why our team has three points. And it might sound confusing when I explain it, but when you go to one of these meets, it's like so easy to follow. You just look at the points that they got from each gymnast on that event. Can you say what that's called again? The Bundesliga. So it's professional gymnastics teams in Europe that gymnasts pay other gymnasts to come be on the team with. It's almost like if you think about soccer clubs, you know how there's the international national team? And when they're not competing, you know, let's say Messi, he goes to PSG and competes on a club team for France. That is essentially what the Bundesliga is doing is they have, you know, their German athletes and then each team is allowed two international competitors at that meeting time. So they're like, hey, Yule, can you come compete this, this and this for us? We'll pay you this much for four meets and we want you to compete in the final for us and they pay you. So it's actually a really cool system for gymnasts. And what's crazy is it's almost like women's gymnastics in the NCAA, but in the pro section out there in Europe, because these guys aren't doing the hardest sets. You know, when I go to the Bundesliga, I have like one of the highest starts by maybe a point and a half. These guys have really clean, you know, maybe five O sets that they can stick dismount every time. And it's all about hitting and executing as best as you can. That's exciting. Yeah. Just like that in the NCAA for women's, you have a set that might, be the same as another girls, but who can do it better and who can have the better landing? So it's really cool. You see guys that are like 45 still competing gymnastics because it's not all about the difficulty. It's about the execution. Right. And so I know that some people know about the Bundesliga and they're trying to work it in. I don't know if you watched men's gymnastics last year, they changed it to when you have a dual meet, both teams start on the floor together. And so you can actually follow, oh, 
you know, they got a 70 on floor for their team score and this team got a 69.5. So they're only up by five tenths. And I think that really helped the audience understand the score more. Now, if they can add that extra step of having that point system off the gymnast scores, that will even help because a five is a perfect score. So like in the Bundesliga, you'll hear people chanting five, 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 just like how they do here with the women. Ten, you know, ten, yeah. It's designed for the audience. It's not designed for the gymnasts, but the gymnasts don't have to change much. They're just competing. Yeah, it's the format in which they're doing it. That's interesting. Yeah. And that leads me to another question I wanted to ask you about, you know, creative ways, not necessarily all about getting the crowd involved, but just different things that we can do outside of just doing it how it's always been done. And that leads me to this domestic bonus system that has been in place that then kind of affects what you thought the rankings were, but then you go international and you're like, well, actually, if you take out the bonus, blah, 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 blah. How do you feel about that system? Uh, for me, it's like, I totally understand why it was created to, you know, give guys an extra boost to compete hard on teams. But I also think that they shouldn't use it when selecting international competitions because you don't get the bonus system when you go internationally. So I think you can have the bonus system at our meets, but don't have it as a factor into picking teams. I know they said top two in the all around at championships, get the automatic bids for worlds. But I thought that meant without. So maybe I misread it. But it I doesn't think, matter because you're one of the athletes. You shouldn't. It should be crystal clear for you. Yeah. So you shouldn't be able to be misread. So I think you know the bonus system is good, but I don't think they should use it when picking teams. That's my. But you know, I we're trying new things, and I guess we just have to accept it to try and grow you know, our team, but I think when you implement something new, it's always going to bring opinions and in order for it to succeed, you have to listen to your audience. You have to listen to your gymnast so you can kind of refine it, make it better because the bonus system, it's not a bad idea, but how they used it, I think that's what they need to kind of fix. So I think this first year was kind of like a trial and next year it's more clear and it's better. But I mean, I, I do understand why it's there. And, you know, the national team did take a vote on it and it got voted that we should implement it. And so I think from our side, the gymnasts understand it, but I don't think they did it well enough where the audience understands it. And I think that's why it had so much backlash on it. Did it impact you personally on routine composition and what you're willing to put out there and what you maybe would have held on? I mean, going into that year, I already knew I was going to be upgrading. You know, I had a six, seven PR set, you know, my high bar set was up there. Uh, my pommel horse was at a six, three, my rings was at a six, seven. So I already knew that I was going to be upgrading. So for me, I didn't pay attention to the bonus system because for me, I didn't knew if you go international, you're not going to get two extra points on an event. You know, for me, I was just put on, getting these routines down where I could compete on international. So that was kind of my whole spoil on it. But I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing I was affected on was the, how they picked the world team. So right. for me, I just like, I don't want them to use it when they pick international assignments because we're not going to get a bonus. I see. I can see that. 
Quattro is one of the fastest growing gymnastics apparel brands in the world and is known for their innovative styling and quality products. Quattro has grown over the past 12 years to be trusted by many athletes, coaches, clubs, and gymnastics federations, including British Gymnastics, Gymnastics Ireland, South Africa, Gymnastics Jamaica, Scotland, Philippines, and Slovenia. Check out QuattroGymnastics.com for the latest collection drop. Again, that's Quattro, Q-U-A-T-R-O, Gymnastics.com. Here's a question that I know everybody's waiting for me to ask you. What are your thoughts on the USOPC no longer offering residency for MAG and the program that's happening over at EVO? I'm kind of surprised. You know, I'm thinking from the USOPC side, if another company came in and was trying to threaten what I was trying to achieve at an Olympic training center, I would be more encouraging to be at the Olympic training center than to be at a private company because now, now it should be good. For me, I, I thought that was a missed opportunity of them to kind of compete with a company to say, hey, look, we're, we have the greatest uh recovery center we have you know a great coach here we have you know a great history of great athletes training here and you know winning medals so for me i was really surprised that they didn't try and encourage people to stay because everyone knows that the olympic training center down in Colorado springs was like the spot to be when you were a little kid so you know for me it's just a little confusing because i would think that they want to compete more and encourage guys to stay but I also do get that they're competing against something that has a lot of great opportunities. And I guess we're just going to see if they made a good decision or not. You know, Evo is a great gym. I got to go there after championships. You know, they invite a lot of athletes to come check out the gym. And it was world-class. I mean, you had AI, you had Genova, you had Spieth, you had Senos, you had all the equipment. You did have a recovery room. Um but then again, like just saying I can train at Evo compared to I train at the Olympic Training Center has a way different sound to it. So for me, I just I wish that they would have tried a little harder to like, hey, no, you know, if they're doing this, we'll pay you, you know, extra this. We'll add this to living here. So for me, it was kind of like almost sad because every gymnast that I looked up to as a kid, they trained at the Olympic Training Center. So, but we'll see, you know, you never know if they're going to open it again, but, you know, the facility is still going to be set up for camps and, you know, their club program, I think, trains there. So, but as a residency, you know, I think, um, you know, let's say you don't get into the Evo program, where are you going to go if you want to continue your career? I think that's what I'm mostly worried about because at Evo, you have to have, you know, your certain amount of spots let's just say you don't make one of those spots. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay at your club gym or are you going to stay at your college or how are you going to keep up with your gymnastics? And that's what worries me because there's more gymnasts that want to compete than there are more spots. So that's kind of my take. I think that was a, a good point to, to say too. I mean, who really knows? It's brand new. So. Yeah. I mean, we'll just see how it plays out. You know, I am rooting for Evo because what they're giving to these gymnasts it's a really awesome opportunity and it's really cool that someone is doing this that hasn't been in the specifics before so it's really cool to see that support mm -hmm. but then there's other side that the usopc just closed and that's kind of just like worrying me that 
if they close that gym, you know, are they ever going to reopen it? And that's what I'm a little concerned about. So that means that you are concerned for the future, which means can we can confirm that you are setting your sights on 2024 and possibly beyond because LA would be super awesome. You know, I say this, I want to go till 2028, but if I feel good, I'll go for another 2032. All right. Yeah. Heard it here first, folks. All right. We have one last video. Um, this one is a little bit intense. So I hope that um, it doesn't make you too uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it. Sounds good. Oh, man. Do you know what's crazy about that video? <laughs> Oleg was the one that made me do that. I didn't want that. And then people start feeling like, well, it doesn't matter now. Everything's done. So I don't know. It was, it was just funny to me because he was. <laughs> take off your shirt, trade shirts and dance. I was like, okay. And <laughs> no, but actually he came up to me, started dancing and started unbuttoning my shirt. He was like, let's trade shirts. I was like, I just got this show from Express. I, it was like 60 bucks. I really want it. And he's like, no, it's a nice shirt. And then he like took it off and he started swinging around and started dancing. So I was just like, you know what? You only live in the moment. And I'm you sure all in. <laughs> Me and Oleg are really good friends. You know, every time I see him, he always says, come here, friend, like, let's catch up. And after Worlds, we always take time to really, you know, share what we've been doing, what, what's been going on with our lives. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have seen that video plenty of times. So it was, oh, they have, and they enjoyed I, it. I remember going back and I got, I got so much, oh man, that, man, I just walked out and I was like, oh gosh not this but i don't know you know i i i mean i'm not ashamed of it it was a good oh, time you should be very proud of it it's awesome no i mean that i mean once you're a gymnast that really gets to travel you really do make all these amazing relationships to the point where you almost want to like learn their language because you respect them so much and you want to speak to them as freely as you can like they're speaking english to me like i want to learn your language so for me it's just like i'll do anything with my friends you know it's 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 a good time well this was a really good time too i i know i said thank you a million times over text and now on the show but thank you and i know that the audience is going to have a blast listening to this what is sure to be a two-part episode is there anything else you wanted to share with us while you're here uh happy new year and i hope everyone you know, really strives to the goals that they've been, you know, wanting to accomplish. So just know that, you know, we all support you and it's not going to be, you know, easy. You just got to keep pushing. But if you have goals, definitely go for it. Spoken like a true mentor. All right. Well, where can people follow you? Uh, people can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. I will say there are so many you mold our Facebook accounts that if you want to follow my real one it's me doing a double layout off the rings oh good information thank you all right you'll send me over everything that i can go ahead and show everybody as far as how to follow you so make sure you're following the correct yule moldor and i just can't wait to watch you again thank you i had a blast and thank you for inviting me and i can't wait to see all the other podcasts because this is a good podcast well, thank you so much. And hopefully I'll have you back for a mini-sode sometime down the road. Yes. Yes, you will. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for What Makes Yule Moldauer Think, part two. Yule, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all that you did. 
Remember, everyone, if you want to reach me directly, you can shoot me an email at youthinkpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to the YouTube channel slash what makes you think podcast and subscribe. There's a couple reasons you're going to want to subscribe. One is there's a playlist called Gymnastics Conversations that I know you're all going to love. And the other reason is that each guest has their own playlist on the YouTube channel. So you can see the videos that I'm showing them during the show. But here's the other thing. Those playlists get made before the interview. So if you ever want to find out who's coming up on the show, subscribe so that you're the first one to see when a new playlist goes up. All right, that's the insider tip for the day. Everyone have a great rest of your week. And until next week, keep thinking outside the box. Bye.